Welcome to the Business Design Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on our Business Design Podcast, we search everywhere to find the most interesting people with the most interesting businesses. And today, we've gone all the way to Cyprus. And the, and they're, you know, we go all around the world looking for folks, and they even text Randy right in the middle of the intro. So <laughs> we went all the way to Cyprus. And Ariane Adeli, remarkable young man, uh, grew up in Tehran, Iran. Um, he's 17 years old. Yeah, and quite remarkable because he's in a field where you were expecting to be 30 or 40 or even 50 years old. But he's just 17. Yeah, and I like the fresh perspectives he brings to the table. Won't spoil any of them here. Go, or, yeah, keep listening. And here is Ariane Adeli. Well, very nice to talk with you, Ariane. You're our first uh, 71-year-old, I mean, a uh, 17-year-old entrepreneur. That's pretty exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, but just, just before the show, we were just tapping the surface of your international life up to this point. So, give us a rundown of kind of where you've been, where you've lived, where you live now, and just just all of that. Now, Randy, he's been in 130 countries, so he might have, might have to beat 30. But, yeah, but tell, but tell us story. your story. You know, you know before I, I uh, move on to that, there's this um, quiz where you try to guess um, names of different countries, and I try to do that often to see how many I can name, and I can't even name 130 countries. It's, it's crazy. Well, uh, there's, there's, three, there's 300, so, yeah, that's less than half. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I can't. I, I think I can name around like ninety, ninety-five. I think ish. So I was. I grew up originally in Iran, um, the capital of Iran, Tehran, and I was there. You know, since I was born until let's say fourteen years old. I think uh, I went to school there. Um, you know, started growing up there, and then we we used to come to Cyprus for for the summer. Uh, every year for you know vacation or just New Year's holidays, we just we used to come to Cyprus quite often, and uh, we decided to to move to Cyber, Cyprus when I was 14 years old, so that I could move to let's say England or um, the U.S. or somewhere from Cyprus for university. So when I was 14 years old, we came to Cyprus. Uh, now I'm living in Paphos, Cyprus. Been here for three years. And next year, I'm probably going to be moving again to, to another country, either the UK, the US, or somewhere in Europe for university. And yeah. So very exciting. And let's dive right into it. So your business, your book, your plan for, I don't know, taking over the world, I guess. Uh, what's, what's, um, what did you build? Why did you do it? And, uh, you know, what's next? You got a lot, a lot ahead of you. Um, I do. Yeah. So when I was um, 13 years old, I joined a team of programmers where we used to make AI programs and, and compete in different uh, competitions. Now, as you can imagine, you know, Iran is a huge country, right? A lot of students are competing. Everyone there is, uh, you know, eager to create something new. Uh, so competition was very high and uh, we did a bunch of um, different contests and we developed different applications and that's how I got into programming in the beginning. And uh, once I 
you know, once we finished with the, with the competitions and AI development, I sort of picked it up on my own and um, developed a few websites, few applications, um, you know, simple projects here and there. And then when I moved to Cyprus, uh, I sort of took it up as a, as a hobby. And I started doing more and learning more on my own. And a couple months passed and I found myself capable of creating, you know, very good applications. And I, and I figured that I could continue down that path. And I just started doing more and more and more until I came to the conclusion that it's, uh, it would be, you know, an amazing idea if I could uh, mix another field with technology and just, you know, make a project out of that. And that's how I decided to get into finance and investing. My dad has been investing for, for some time, so I had some help from him and I tried to learn on my own um, the basics and the fundamentals of trading, investing. So where does, where does your dad get it wrong? Where does he get it wrong? Yeah, you know, where you might get it right. Like, are, are you doing things a little differently than he does? Um, I do try to do things a little differently. Well, for starters, I'm not a finance guy, right? I'm still a tech guy that just branched out into finance, right? So, so I still try to do most of my things, you know, revolving around technology. So, for example, while he might sit behind the computer trying to, you know, analyze different stocks to invest in, I sort of have an automated system. And um, the system has all my strategies and has all my thoughts and it automatically takes in new stocks. Uh, analyzes it, takes in different data, and sends me conclusions. And, and that's sort of what my business is based upon as well, AI analysis. So I have AI systems that analyze several markets. So whether this is cryptocurrency, um, stocks, you know, curtain, normal currencies, commodities, um, you know, whatever it is, they analyze it and they send me uh, and my clients some information about it. And what I really try to do, let's say, differently from my dad. That's an interesting question. <laughs> no one's asked, it, uh, asked that before. So I'd say the, the main issue that he faces and that I, I face on my own and I'm sure many other investors and traders uh, face is emotional decisions, right? So you panic and you panic sell or you panic buy and you just sort of let your emotions take over because you, you don't know what to do because, you know, you can you lose money, you can you know very quickly so you might panic and you might decide to do something that uh, is not very wise so emotional decisions is something that let's say i'd say that's one of my dad's probably biggest flaw and uh, by automating the process by making ai systems that automatically analyze markets i sort of avoid getting emotionally involved because it's a computer system so yeah so i i want to jump in real quick because i find this fascinating so I presume your buy and sell buy and sell triggers are driven by some sort of algorithm that measures activity in the market. How do you adjust for the manipulators in the market? So all the big hedge funds can manipulate the market in the stocks. Cryptocurrency funds can be manipulated. How does your algorithm account for that? Do you, do you look for the outliers and take them out? Do you, is this a short-term play? Is it a long-term play? What's the, what's the philosophy? Right, so the main strategy that we have to cope with this is lowering uh, the number of opportunities that we actually um, go for. So, for example, uh, we try to introduce as many filters uh, as possible and, and we sort of try to filter out outliers, as you said it. And uh, we introduce more and more filters, more and more variables that we check. And this lowers the number of opportunities that match all of our variables. But 
you know, it sort of eliminates the risk from, you know, getting into a trade uh, where the market is being manipulated. And we try to just go for few that we're sure it's going to be profitable, right? So we, if there's a, let's say, probability of, you know, 80% for it to be profitable, we go for it. But then if it's 50-50, we try to avoid it, right? So we try to open fewer orders, fewer positions. Uh, but, you know, open the ones that we're completely sure about, completely certain about. And it's not really, we try, we try to analyze it using multiple strategies. We don't stick to one. So just because, let's say, the price crosses some, some uh, support line or some resistance point, right? So just because it crosses that, we don't say buy. Okay, it's technical analysis we're going to buy. We don't just do that. So we've got different systems. We analyze, uh, you know, the general sentiment of the news it takes in news articles every single day from google news uh, we have systems that you know check the charts technical analysis and then we have systems that take in fundamental data so it's a very advanced process we've got multiple algorithms and we try to find a common ground between all the algorithms and that's when the probability of being profitable is the highest in our opinion nice i i really like that now i didn't get a chance to look at your website so I, i'm talking out of out of turn here but is this a kind of newsletter type subscription where you subscribe for information and you give buy sell signals to your clients or are you actually investing on your clients behalf right so uh in the beginning um it started off as um more of an e-commerce sort of website so we would sell the software mm -hmm. and we would provide a guide to our clients on how to use the software and uh, it would sort of be an independent uh, piece of software that they can use to, to analyze different markets and it would give them the information um, on their uh, laptops or on their systems. But then we decided to change it around to make it more convenient for the customers. And now we're introducing a new platform and we're hoping to launch it in the next one or two months. Hopefully by the end of uh, September, we're going to launch um, the new platform. And on this platform, it's going to be more of a yeah, subscription and newsletter sort of thing. Mm -hmm. where it emails you and sends you SMS messages to a phone number. Now, of course, this is optional, so if you don't want to give your phone number, you don't need to. Emails you or sends you SMS messages of the analysis every single day, a couple times a day, actually. So, yeah, but we don't invest on our client's behalf. That's just uh, not okay. what we're going for. Nice. So there is room for both of those models in the same business because some people want to do it themselves and some people want you to do it for them. So... I think right, yeah. both ends of the market. I really like that. I'm really interested because you're really, really young. So obviously your father was the investor. You learned how the game worked from him. Where did you learn how to combine different sources of information and how do you tap into that information and how does it become relevant because it's timely? Right. Well, you mean like, um, you know, when I'm presented with a, with a, let's say, a broad range of, you know, different sources of information that I can go to to learn, how do I choose between them? But yeah, I mean, how did you, where, where did you get the knowledge to know which source of information are going to be accurate so that you can rely on them and which source of information are fast enough because markets move quickly? Um, you know, well, that sort of came through uh, experience and not just my experience, also my dad's experience. So he's been doing it for 15, you know, 20 years. 
So he's made a lot of mistakes in the past and he's sort of done a trial and error and he's learned from, from his past mistakes and he sort of tried to give that information on to me. But then at the same time, uh, since I'm, you know, much younger than the, the average guy that's doing this, um, I have a much larger margin for taking risks. So I make a lot of decisions. I'm very active and I try to learn from each one until I get the right one. I mean, it's really experience the only way that I would put it. And I try different things every day. I mean, I try to constantly learn more every single day and, and look at new pieces of information and see how it factors into my work and if it can help me out or not. And if it can, then, um, you know, experience this sort of teaches me to, to go to that source of information again in the future. Nice. So, Ariane, I have a couple questions for you um, from kind of my side of the shop, uh, and that is sort of branding. So curious if I were to ask your mother or your best friend or uh, somebody around you in your world, uh, what makes you different? How do you think they would describe you as, as being different? <laughs> How would they describe me? Um, I would say, you know, how I'd say how bad I want the outcome of, of what I'm doing. Right, that's uh, that's definitely the answer they would give because um, you know the people that know me very close, uh, they can really see how passionate I am about uh, what I do. I mean, I really like working and I, I I love building my own brands, working on different projects, and it's not I don't do it because of let's say money, let's say or or I, I don't do it because of a certain status. I I genuinely like doing it, and people that look at me they wonder why I'm. I'm so passionate about uh, what it is that I, that I do. So I'd say that's what they would say, how passionate so, I am. So where do you think that comes from? Is that from your parents? Is it from your grandparents? Is it, uh, where, where does that passion, or where, where do you see that passion around you? You know, it's because I find it the hardest, hardest part of the journey is just getting started in the beginning, right? So not many people get started and not many people actually you know, start doing what they've been wanting to do for the past, you know, years, a couple of years or months or whatever it is. And once you get started, you can't really go back. So once you make it a habit to spend, let's say, two hours of your day working towards your goals and doing something extra for two hours a day, and you do that for a couple of months, you can't go back and, and, and sit back and do nothing and not try. It's It's sort of like an addiction. You have to you have to try more and more and more. Uh, you can't just sit back because you've experienced how it is caring about your goals and caring about uh, what direction your life is going towards. So you can't just stop out of nowhere. And that's what really keeps me going. I mean, if, if I'm productive today, I'm gonna have to be productive tomorrow as well because then I'm just gonna be disappointed in myself because I've gotten worse over time, right? So so from a, from a 17-year-old entrepreneur's perspective do you share the sort of perspective that you know a lot of 40 50 or 60 60 something professionals will say oh everything's going south everything's changing everything's uh, going to hell in a handbasket what's your prediction for what the world looks like in 40 years 30 years 50 years 100 years um, the, like the world is, is definitely changing. I mean, I understand what they're, uh, where they're coming from, but I wouldn't say it's changing in a, in a bad way. 
uh, not necessarily in a way, but certainly it requires adapting. I mean, you need to learn to adapt to new things every single day, really, because especially in the past two years, we've seen how fast things can change and how fast you need to change your lifestyle all around, right? Like with the COVID-19 pandemic, that we didn't expect it. No one saw it coming and it changed everyone's lives, not just a group or not just a country, everyone, right? So it really uh, teaches us that for the future, adapting, uh, it's, a, it's a very important skill. You need to be able to adapt to new things. But other than that, I think it's, it's going in a positive direction because more people are are innovating and trying to introduce new um, processes that make the world a better place in general. And we're also shining light lately on how important it is to, to do something that you enjoy. And I think that's very important because then if you if your work involves something that you like, then you're not really ever working, right? So that's also one reason why I think uh, the world's moving towards a more positive direction because people are doing what they like uh, more often and they're generally happier about what they do and more satisfied. However, the only negative thing that I would say, let's say the, the world is changing in a negative way, would be uh, that the value of education, self-education, not academic education, not schooling or university, but to just go out on your own and try to learn something new, uh, that's been very, it's been diminished a lot over the years and it's continuing to be diminished more and more and that's the only let's say um, negative thing about our future so the, the fewer people are passionate about learning new things and they try to stick to traditional processes that they're used to rather than going out and trying new stuff so ariane you're 17 you've got a long and healthy life ahead of you uh, i want you to think forward like 60 70 80 years ahead of now, what's your end game? Where do you want to be in, in 60 or 70 mm, years? 60 or 70 years. I would say the, my end game uh, in, in 60 years is pretty much the same as my end game of five years or 10 years. You know, I, I, it's sort of a consistent thing. I'd say uh, I'd want to be trying new things and, and trying to change the world in a way. I don't just want to be contributing to, to myself. I'd like to build something or leave something behind that um, changes the world or changes lives and contributes to something greater than myself. And that would be my ultimate goal, trying out different things and really giving it my all, never giving up. If something happens in the future, let's say, uh, that would force me to, to give up in some way, I'd be, that's when I'd be like disappointed in, in how it, it all turned out. So that's really an amazing answer. It's so rare to find people so young who are already thinking about legacy, and that's 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 awesome. So thank you for that. I I encourage you to continue finding that that route, finding the way, trying new things, doing thank stuff. You know, it's it's awesome. Gives great hope for kind of what's coming up. So uh, so now is your opportunity if you want to uh, tell us about where folks can find you, what you're working on where they can pick up your book or visit your site or any of that stuff. So uh, where can people find you and who are you looking for? Thank you. So people can connect to me on my website, arianadeli.com, or they can Google my name and there's a knowledge panel on the side with all my uh, social medias and all my contact information. So I'd love it if they could connect to me on uh, my LinkedIn for professional purposes. So that's where I have my professional network. And if you want to work with me, I'd love to. And then you can also email me for business purposes, 
you can, I'd love it if you could grab my book on Amazon, uh, The Quantified Fortune. It's also available on my website in PDF form. And the printed version is on Amazon as well as Kindle, of course. And I'm looking to, to actually expand more into uh, writing and, and media. So if any of the, the audience works at a, at a magazine or they handle a, a blog, let's say, I'd love to discover potential opportunities to work together. And I have to say, uh, I've been sitting on this the whole interview, but you were talking about AI and how humans and AI can interact together and all that. And I have to say, it's kind of cool. Your name has AI in both your first and last name. So I'm actually not sure if you're real. Maybe. And then if, if you take AI out, your actual name is what? Randall, which happens to be Randy's real name. So maybe you are actually just AI and... <laughs> And I didn't even notice that. <laughs> You're the first person to say that. I didn't realize I had AI in both my first name and last name. That's actually interesting. <laughs> See, it's destined. It's destined for me to work in AI. Exactly. <laughs> um, you just went weird on us, Kent. Sorry. That's just weird. What can I say? Oh, yeah. So, Arian, thank you for that. Uh, been a great interview. I really enjoyed it, and I wish you all the best of success. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you, Ariane. That was, as usual, we have amazing guests, and that was no exception. I still am amazed by how young you are, but how mature and focused, and your feet are firmly on the ground while your head continues to seek uh, further growth. It's amazing. I love the answer to the question about kind of when Randy poked you about the, you know, 60 years from now, and I love the answer that you gave. Like, oh, well, I'll probably think the same thing in 60 years that I'll think in five years. And uh, it's all about legacy and impact. And that's a remarkable answer and really neat, neat to hear. Talking about legacy and impact, um, Both of those are very, very important in our lives. And if you would like to learn how to leave a bigger legacy or to have more impact, how to become more visible or what strategy you should be following, we'd love you to go to our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com. Top right-hand corner, you'll find a button where you can fill out an assessment that looks at your visibility, looks at your strategy skills, We'll take a look at it. It may take you a minute to fill it out. We'll take a look at it, spend a minute, send back a response, and let's see where you really stand. Subscribe to our podcast, like us, love us, hug us. Uh, Maybe I went too far here. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good life. Mm